Hello and welcome back to Your Politics Show here on Mix 92.6 FM. This is Your Politics Show because we talk about national and local issues, but the main thrust of the conversation is directed by your questions that you send in all through the month and we put them to the local politicians. We try to get the best answers and help with local issues. So, do remember before we get into the show that you can email in at any time if you have any questions to put to our Labour, Liberal Democrat or Conservative MPs and we will answer them through our social media or through our emails. So welcome back to the show, Bambos. Since our last discussion, we've seen Rishi Sunak become the new Prime Minister. What are your feelings on this appointment? Are you happy with it? But I'm, I'm never happy with uh, any Tory prime ministers, you know. So, um, um, I mean, objectively, uh, I think there will be more stability than the, in the last um, year and a half. Um, so I think that's what's likely to happen. But uh, but we mustn't forget that Rishi Sunak was the one who was the Chancellor and before that Chief Secretary of the Treasury. So part of uh, the situation we're in is down to him. So I think we need to make sure that he's held to account for uh, the situation the country finds itself in. And one of the situations we find ourselves in is uh, all the opposition parties are calling for general election. Kistama has been particularly vocal on this issue. But why should we see a general election? You know, the Conservatives are still into their five years. They're allowed that. They were elected in 2019. Do you not think that that's the democratic method that they should see this out? Well, he's got no mandate. I mean, no one, no, literally no one voted for him. Uh, I mean, he got nominations from over 100 Tory MPs, but the public didn't vote for him. Not even the Tory membership voted for him. You know, let's not forget he came second to Liz Truss. So there's been no formal contest as such. Um, but there should be, you know, if you change leader and that leader is going to change the direction that the country's going in, then there needs to be a mandate. And I don't accept that, you know, that the Tory manifesto from 2019 is what he's running on, because quite clearly um, his line is going to be very different from that of Boris Johnson. So I think the public needs to have a say. Do you think there needs to be electoral reform on this issue then? My personal view uh, is that we should have um, proportional representation. Uh, I've been of that view for a long time. Um, and um, my, that's my personal view. Um, I still think that uh, the party to get elected with a 60, over 60 seat majority, or um, um, despite um, having secured less than 50% of the vote is still, um, you know, is still wrong and that we need to fix that. Would you be disappointed at the next general election if you got in and then there was no electoral reform? Would that be one of your priorities up there? I mean, I don't think it's a top priority for the, um, for the country and I think we need to put the country first. But I do think it's something that we should look at somewhere over the course of the parliament um, and um, um, but it wouldn't be like the first thing we need to look at. So one of the reasons for the downfall of Liz Trust was the confusion over the fracking vote in parliament. <coughs> Story circulating and for people listening you can 
listen to Bim Afalami's interview from last week where we discussed this issue. But Bambos, you became a bit of a meme, a bit of a hit due to you being pictured near the actions that unfolded. What was your take on the situation? Well, um, I mean, I could certainly see one MP, uh, Alexander Stafford, was um, surrounded by other Tory MPs and they were um, imploring him um, to think about how he was going to vote because I think he was tempted to vote uh, against the government uh, and with the opposition on the issue of fracking, which he's been a strong opponent of. So it was... Um, a bit disconcerting to see that, um, but uh, I, um, you know, others were there as well. And others saw what they saw, um, and I just um, turned away because I, I wanted to try and speak to somebody in the chamber. And at that moment, um, Chris Bryant snapped me with his phone, and um, I became a meme. Immortalized. Um, <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it. Um, but um, I don't think people should put pressure on um, MPs, backbench MPs, to, on particular on issue they're, they're very passionate on to change their viewpoint. You know, we're meant to live in a democracy and people are meant to be able to cast their votes freely and fairly. Um, but I know, this, I know the, um, the Sergeant at Arms is looking into this matter, so uh, I probably will leave it there. But I do hope that um, we don't see a repeat of that in the future. At the moment, it is hard to judge Mr Sunak as he's not discussed his policies due to the nature of the way the Prime Minister was chosen. But there are talks of tough decisions by the Conservatives, which many are translating as austerity 2.0. What would Labour's plans be to get the economy back on track in this situation? Well, I mean, I think we've spelt out some things that we do uh, beforehand. Um, so I think they've spelt out. So things like a windfall tax is one of the things that we'd be looking at. Um, but I think that the, the, the difficulty that we have is that we don't know what the economy is going to look like um, in two years' time whenever the election is. So until then, we won't be in a position to uh, offer a full alternative. Plus also when we do that, the Tories um, steal our ideas anyway. So, you know, we were the ones that came up with the original windfall tax that was then adopted by none other than Rishi Sunak. So um, so I think we want to keep our cards a bit close to our chest. But um, but we also won't know this, the financial situation until two years' time. So I think we'll have to wait and see what happens then. Some people are worried, though. Keir Starmer said in 2020, we are an austerity party. However, there has been stronger rhetoric around this and seemingly the anti-austerity part of that has disappeared with discussions around being tight with the books, you know, certain phrases like that that you and I have discussed as well, Bambos, um, certain phrases like totally costed manifestos. I mean, what is the the belief within the party here? Because one of the criticisms of dead Miliband's run in 2014 was engaging in austerity discussions rather than taking and saying Labour are going to do something different. Will you challenge this narrative of tough cuts during challenging times? Well, okay, to start off with, I mean, Keir's comments would have come before COVID when he was running for leader of the Labour Party. So nobody knew then what the economy was going to look like sort of four or five years down the line. And we still don't know what it will look like in two years' time. Um, but I do think that um, 
when we do come forward with the manifesto, it needs to be properly costed because people need to be uh, sure they can trust Labour with the economy, uh, and they can. We've already announced some of the measures that we'll introduce, things like uh, closing the non-DOMS uh, loophole, uh, where people register as non-DOMS and don't pay tax. So I think those are some of the sort of measures that we'll be um, looking at. But any spending commitments that are made in that manifesto will, will be properly costed uh, to show that we're a responsible party and won't wreck the economy as the Tories have been. On this issue, though, um, does it does it matter balancing the books during a financial crisis? This seems to be more of a modern occurrence, especially with the Cameron and Osborne era. I don't think so much balancing the books, but clearly if you have um, huge amounts of debt and are paying uh, a lot of interest on those debts, then it limits what you can and can't do. So I think certainly trying to make sure that you're not paying as much interest on um, on debt that you already have uh, is certainly a, a good thing to to look at. I mean, there are things we want to do as um, as a Labour government. Some of those things will have price tax on them. Um, we've already um, stated our intention for you know um, a green revolution, green jobs for the future, sustainable. Um, energy. So those are some of the big things that we want to do. And we've already said that that's been costed. So there's been a big announcement. Uh, there was a big announcement at the conference from um, Rachel Reeves about that. So the things we do want to do will cost money and they will hopefully be transformative because if you're creating green jobs, people will be working, they'll be paying taxes as a result of the jobs they'll be doing uh, and it'll be better for the environment. So hopefully with the economy um, expanding and growing thanks to sustainability and growth. That would also bring about uh, other benefits to the economy. Let's move it to a big local issue. Uh, we've discussed this many a times in many different guises, but the 2021 to 22 survey conducted by the Mayor of London found that 237,000 children or about 14% of the population in London age 16 or under had low or very low food security. How worried are you about this data? And, and do you feel that Enfield is particularly uh, at risk here? Uh, I'm deeply worried about this because, you know, if uh, if children can't, you know, at risk of not being fed or going hungry, then that is a, a, a blight on all of us. We should be doing something to challenge that. And, um, we need to make sure that children don't go hungry. So there's certainly a challenge there about things like breakfast clubs and having uh, school meals. But it's also about looking at um, measuring poverty, child poverty in particular, because this was a measure the Tories counselled. Uh, and we need to recognise what the problem is and need to uh, make sure that we, one of the wealthiest countries in the world, are not allowing kids to go hungry. It's just scandalous that this is even being discussed in the 21st century. If Labour were to come in, what kind of things would be brought in? Or is this, again, linked to your earlier points about, you know, helping the economy grow, getting people higher paid jobs? Or would there be affirmative action, even in the short term of, of maybe uh, supplying free school meals for children just for a short period of time to make sure that this food security uh, insecurity doesn't happen? Well, I know that Bridget Phillipson uh, was talking about breakfast clubs, and I think that's uh, one thing that we're looking at in particular. Um, obviously, some schools, um, children are entitled to free school meals, but it's only certain 
uh, children on certain backgrounds. So I think that is something that will uh, no doubt also need to be looked at. But certainly breakfast clubs is a good start. And I think we'll need to see where we are in two years' time as to how much more we can do. But certainly child poverty, kids growing hungry is not where we want to be in the 21st century. Enfield Council leader Nessel Kakelskan has said this month, she said years of austerity had been really tough, but this was the hardest she had ever seen it. And people experienced the impact of an economic crisis, she said, was made worse by the government. Do you agree with these sentiments? Is it the worst that you've seen kind of local issues, Bambos? Well, I mean, I was a councillor for 24 years. Um, um, the cut started in 2010. Um, uh, by the time I stopped being a councillor in 2018, uh, we'd seen the council's budget cut by half. Um, and if there are going to be even more cuts to the council's budgets, then uh, apart from what they are statutory required, statutory required to do, um, it's going to be very hard for them to do much else. Um, and that's a real shame because the council can do so much more for the community if it's given the uh, opportunity. And it often doesn't require a huge amount of resources. But to make further cuts when the council's already cut to the bone uh, is really uh, will be demoralising and really disappointing. So, um, and we don't know to what extent further cuts are going to come because the budget's been put back from the 31st of October to uh, the middle of uh, November. So um, we'll see what's, um, what nightmare be, what awaits uh, both Enfield and other councils across the country. This month, you announced you are backing the campaign by Palmer's Green Action Team to bring an independent cinema to our local community. Why do you think this is so important, Bambos? Um, I think it would be great for the regeneration um, of um, Palmer's Green uh, because to come to High Street, you need to have uh, a pull factor. You need something that's going to be um, uh, an, an attractive reason for people to go there. So certainly things like um, independent cinemas, um, having more pop-up shops, having things that are, are not just the regular uh, mainstay High Street brands, uh, or give people more of a sense of purpose to come to Palm Screen, and that will help regenerate the area. So I'm very supportive of that. So this month, you also took part in CPR lessons that you learned from the St. John's Ambulance Crew. Did you pick up these skills quite easily? Um, relatively easily, yeah. So that they had some of their, one of their cadets and one of their uh, trainers there showing me how to, uh, administer CPR and also how to use the defibrillators. Um, yeah, 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 so so showing us how to use the defibrillator and how to work with um, doing the compression, um, doing the CPR was um, really interesting. Uh, I have nothing but respect for the people that do CPR and, um, and do perform like the first aid and, uh, um, and the first responders because they do an incredible job. I am absolutely, I'm a bit squeamish when it comes to blood and gore. So, uh, um, so hats off to them for the work they do. But yeah, it was quite easy to pick up and they had a lot of interest from MPs in Parliament. Uh, so I'm very pleased that St John's got the uh, recognition they deserve for that. And just on that issue then, I mean, would you recommend people to do it as well? Because we see quite often that heart attacks and, and other serious incidents um, can be 
helped or alleviated a little bit by having these skills. You know, Christian Eriksen, we saw at the Euros, was a big high-profile event, but people um, have these incidents quite often. And it's yeah. not just elderly people, it's young people as well, especially sports people. And yeah. you are a big sports person yourself, Bambos. Yeah, uh, I'm very much so. So I'm... I'm... Uh, I know that fans get um, kind of get overexcited. Maybe if they're watching a, a Spurs game where they score in the last minute and then it's uh, disallowed by VAR, um, but this can also also cause a great amount of tension and bring about sort of heart attacks. And you need to have people that are trained that can bring about CPR. It, uh, I've noticed how many uh, I'm focusing on sporting events. Um, how many times games are stopped because fans have been unwell and have had to be taken to hospital so um i mean we all need to look after ourselves but if somebody suffers a heart attack then it you know if if you have more people on hand that can help them then they could literally be saving a life let's move it to an issue back in the commons once again your fellow labor mp yvette cooper shared a tweet explaining that former conservative party chair jake berry says there were multiple breaches of the ministerial code by Suella Baffman, including documents on cyber security. Will this be investigated by Parliament? Well, it, it should be. I mean, the Home Secretary, who's in charge of our national security, should not be above the law. And it's uh, very worrying if she's uh, disclosing um, secrets or uh, restricted documentation to people who shouldn't have access to it. I mean, that is absolutely scandalous. You know, that is something that should you know, be bringing down the government and how she's able to carry on as Home Secretary is beyond me. So uh, definitely needs to be a, a ministerial inquiry. This is not something that will go away and can be brushed under the carpet. It is one of the most serious breaches that I'm, uh, you can possibly have to be disclosing uh, information to people that shouldn't have access to it and to do it on more than one occasion. When you're the Home Secretary and when you've been Attorney General, uh, in complete breach of the ministerial code is scandalous and should be dealt with very severely. So just before we get into the community questions, I asked Bim this question. So again, for fairness, people can check out his answer. But we discussed the conservative leadership battle, the original one, the one that saw Liz Truss versus Rishi Sunak. And I asked him, how can voters trust the Conservatives to lead when even the two prime ministerial candidates at the time, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak, who is now prime minister, described the last 12 years of rules in very negative terms? You know, even if it was just in terms of economics, it was still not positive at all. Um, Bambus, what are your thoughts on this situation? You can't trust the Tories. I mean, they're out of ideas. They've been in too long. Um, and their economy is in a complete mess. Um, so we need an election now. We need to get rid of them. I mean, they are absolutely hopeless. They, they're very split. They've been split since Brexit. They're fighting like rats in a sack. Um, they've managed to keep the peace this week because they've got a new leader. But let's see how long that lasts. There's clearly some very unhappy Johnsonites on the back benches now. So... We'll see what happens when things start going wrong for Rishi. But, um, uh, but no, we need an election straight away. We need to get rid of this lot and to replace them with a Labour government. Callum has asked, Bambos, I saw you discuss schools in Parliament. You said that 90% of schools expect to run out of money by next year. What happens then? Would school, schools have to close with no money? 
Well, I, I asked a, a question uh, of the um, then uh, schools minister, uh, Jonathan Gullis, who's now no longer the schools minister. Um, and yeah, it's a re- very serious concern. I mean, schools are really struggling to make ends meet. There are also people affected by the um, rising cost of the fuel prices, but they also have to meet the um, additional pay for teachers. And they also have to like um, pay for things like um, like food that are also subject to the, the school dinners, also subject to, the, uh, to inflation. So they're really struggling to make ends meet. Um, and many of them have will either have to look at making staff redundant or find other ways, you know, bring in additional income, which not all schools can do to survive. But otherwise, they're facing negative budgets um, and it's going to be deeply worrying. So uh, I'm really worried for schools and I hope the government steps in to help them uh, when the budget's announced um, uh, later on in November. Ian sent in a a very upsetting message. He said, my poor mother had to wait six hours for an ambulance and 11 hours to be seen at A&E the other week. How can we continue this madness? It's total madness. Um, Part of the problem is the reason the ambulances are queuing up is because, um, and therefore not available to um, go on their way, is... There's, a, there's bed blockage, because, uh, and that's partly a problem with our social care system. So people, the beds aren't available um, to uh, release people from hospital. So there needs to be sort of more um, social care beds available or social, more social care placements for people to move out of hospital. Sometimes people are in hospital are waiting to get released into local authority care, but that care isn't always available. So I think more needs to be done to invest in social care. Um, I know that some hospitals, I was um, uh, on a call with um, uh, the chief executive of the Royal Free uh, last uh, Friday, and uh, she was saying they're looking to do more in relation to, uh, the Royal Free also covers uh, Barnet General and uh, Chase Farm. They're looking to do more to ensure that hospitals, uh, that there's better management of, ambulances waiting so we want to make sure that ambulances are able to turn around very quickly uh, and help people we should not have to wait 11 hours to be seen at a and e uh that's just crazy we need to recruit more doctors we need to recruit um more health staff medical staff uh, and that needs to happen quickly um and the council need to act urgently on that um, with this issue of hospitals uh would labor be committed to paying the staff more as well because this is some of the issues is retention in the nhs a lot of people are either going to the private sector because they get paid more or they just not earning enough and go into other jobs because the the work along with the uh conditions is not equal to the amount that they get paid yeah and i think it's not just a question of the uh pay it's also a question about as you rightly pointed out conditions so I think people have to work extra shifts because they're short-staffed. Um, the pressure that they're under, there's also, um, you know, it's, 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 again, it's such a difficult situation that people find themselves in. Uh, and if it was made, if life was made a bit better for them, mm-hmm. if there were improvements in what they experienced, then we definitely need a much happier workforce. So we need to look at all the factors that will help improve that, but it can't carry on the way it has been. Colin has asked, uh, I'm worried 
for Enfield local businesses. I remember what it was like in 2008 financial crisis, and this time it is going to be worse as we've had a decade of hardship. I can already see the local retailers replaced by big, nameless superstores. Do you think this recession will spell the death of our local area providers who give back to the community? I think um, I am concerned about local retailers. I think we do need to give them the support that um, whatever support we can, we want to make sure that we see local businesses flourish. Uh, I think there is more of a, um, there's a tendency to favour local shops. Local shops always give um, a bit more value-added service to customers. People like the fact that they, you know, know your name when you go uh, shopping there and they are able to, to help you. So I think, um, yeah, we need to look at, to do what we can to support um, local shops. Um, I'm I, I'm hopeful that it, we won't see um, too many closures. I know businesses will find it tough with fuel costs, um, energy costs rising, uh, and also things like rents and business rates also uh, affecting their ability to function. But ultimately, what we want to happen is to give them support that they deserve and um, to um, make sure that we all support our local businesses. Uh, Early December is um, Small Business Saturday. Um, So I think that's on the, uh, I think it's on the 3rd of December. So that will give us an opportunity to support our local businesses. And I hope everyone does. Um, I do want to ask Carol's question here. She put it to uh, to Bim Afalami, but I think it's fair to ask it to all the MPs. So she said, latest data shows that Hertfordshire's stop and search on uh, leads to an arrest 12% of the time, whereas the numbers show it disproportionately is used to bother ethnic minority communities. Where do you think the trade-off is between safer streets and allowing institutionalised racism to be part of our local policing system? Now, obviously, that's Hertfordshire. I don't have the Enfield data to hand, but it is a big talked-about issue, stop yeah. and search. I think, uh, I think it is. I think... Um... I think stop and search needs to be um, uh, information-led, so there has to be some sort of, um, I think random stop and searches uh, don't work. They're shown not to produce the um, um, the um, results that people expect. The results, it, it's no different from the intelligence-led um, stop and search. So uh, I do think that it should um, not be used as widely as it is. It should be used where there is uh, proper um, information and suspicion about a particular factor, about a particular um, suspicion that a crime has been committed. So we've got one last question from Thomas. Um, He said to Bim Afalami, saw a picture of you playing cricket recently. Now, Bim Afalami, we discussed a Labour versus Conservative sporting event. Bim Afalami laid down the gauntlet. He said, football match at the Emirates. Bambos, would you be keen to, to lead out the Labour team as captain? I don't know if I'd be good enough to be captain, but certainly happy to, um, to take on the Tories at football. Yeah, any day. Do you think that uh, you guys would win? I mean, who would be a provisional team if you want to name some names? Uh, wow, well, Toby Perkins in goal, obviously, because he's about six feet seven. Um, Justin Matters, he's uh, pretty nifty. Stephen Kinnock's pretty good as well. 
now to use ringers, then certainly Jim Murphy would be, uh, he's very good as well. So, um, and, you know, we've got, you know, Ali McGovern plays a bit, as does Steph Peacock. Um, so, yeah, we could have like quite a good, um, uh, good game there. So bring it on. <laughs> and uh, what would your position be, Bambos? Probably uh, left back in the changing room. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bambos, no, you, you're, uh, you're too humble. I, I've heard many a story off air of your, your prowess on the football pitch. I think you'd be, you'd be right back in the starting eleven. <laughs> Well, it'd probably be defensive. I'm probably better at stopping people playing than um, actually um, uh, scoring goals and that sort of stuff. But um, we'll see. Well, I'll, I'll let Bim organise the match and then we'll, um, we'll see what we can do now. There'll be all sorts of trash talk, I'm so sure, into the build-up. But Bambos, there was no trash talk today. It was useful to chat to you. I hope people found the information good as well. And we will be chatting to you again next month so people can send in their questions. But for now, I'm going to wish you the best of luck, the best of health, and we will see you again very soon. Listen, thank you very much. See you soon.